people. Hey, welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. I hope you guys are having a great day. I hope that uh, you can spend a couple hours with Randall and I, because today we're going to talk about what's going on in the news. Yeah, we are. By the way, hey, this song here, this is my husband's latest composition called Bright and Rainy Day. So enjoy the music as I talk over it. Do me a favor if you're watching live. Share this out on whatever platform you're on, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch. We have a growing audience over at Twitch. Hi, Twitch people. Um, if you're watching the archive, you can do the same thing. And make sure, especially if you're on YouTube, you go ahead and you hit subscribe and then hit the like button on the video. Okay? And then, and then share it out, if you don't mind. <laughs> If you do mind, then don't worry about it. I'm not going to beg you or plead with you. But this is, you know, the typical stuff that we're trying to do. So there are a lot of things in the news. And I have to tell you, trying to figure out what to talk about for two hours, trying to narrow this down is, is tough. But right before the show, I happened to see over on Twitter this hashtag trending, which is deep thoughts from the unvaccinated. <laughs> yeah, deep thoughts from the unvaccinated. How many of you know who David Kupelian is? Do you know who he is? Raise your hand. Okay. If you don't know who he is, he is actually the author of a book called The Marketing of Evil. He wrote it many years ago. It was actually a pretty popular book within the Christian world in particular and the conservative right. Um, anyway, one of the things that David, yeah, he, he came on our show a while back. It's probably in the archives here on our YouTube channel. We have almost a thousand videos on this channel, by the way. Uh, and you can go and watch them all at your leisure whenever you want. But I have to tell you, uh, the marketing of evil, when I saw that that was trending, um, and I'll repeat it again. When I saw that deep thoughts from the unvaccinated was trending, of course I had to look because, you know, Twitter is, you know, it's a cesspool of, you know, crime and scum and villainy, right? I mean, except there's a, there's a couple of us out here. <laughs> we, we're actually, we're trying to be the light, you know, on Twitter. And it's hard because, you know, I have like 10,000 followers on my account and maybe 30 people see it. So it's kind of like, how is that even possible? So we're going to look at that in a minute. But I wanted to start the show out today, as I usually do, talking about the Word of God. Um, because this is Bible news radio. But we're not really radio either. We're like a podcast. We're a live streaming show. Uh, hello, Deborah and Jerry. I see you there. Um, so, and whoever else, if you want to say hi to us on YouTube, Randall might be able to look at um, Facebook. But anyway, I wanted to share with you an uplifting thought. I know, right? <laughs> the nerve of me. Actually, there's quite a few. There's actually a lot of good news out there. It's just that you're not going to see it on Facebook and you're not going to see it on you're not going to see it on Twitter either. Uh, but I have to admit, the other day, I actually resorted to watching animal videos on YouTube because I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. I can't deal with it. Please give me a good story about animals that love each other. 
<clears throat> but here's the thing. I was, um, I got to tell you one other thing too. Our new website is almost ready. We've been having a little technical difficulties with. It is ready. Oh, it is. Re it's up. Yes. Really? And yeah. people can get to it with no problem. It doesn't give yes. them a like, don't yes. come here. We're scared to death of you. And ah, do you want to throw it up on the screen so people can see it? My husband um, and I don't communicate very well. Uh, apparently not because it's been up since, I don't know, yesterday at the latest. Right. And, and I'm keep, just learning about this. Yeah, and you keep moving, so. <laughs> I'm learning and leaning towards you. Okay. Because I love you. You're so cute. Yeah, you are. He's mine, women. Yeah, he is. 30 long years long. So, so shall yeah, I just, so should I just the frame or are you going to? I don't know. Because <laughs> because pretty sure the camera doesn't move or maybe it did when you were cleaning the screen. I don't know. Anyway, but, but now you're not centered in the frame as you see. Should I sit this way? You can. I or have a lean can... left to do that. And how dare or I? Or you could move the chair. <laughs> You have your chair, or I will we never can lean left, camera. people. Never, I swear. They'll have to take me to the concentration camp be before I learn, before I go left. <laughs> ah, okay. <clears throat> well, all right. So let me tell you a couple of things then. Okay, uh, our website is up. Yay! So okay, go over there, and um, and maybe Randall will throw it up later. But um, you can subscribe to our email list. That will give you. The reason I want you to do that is not because I'm trying to like get your email or anything, but it, it's because I will send out emails about our midweek Bible studies. Like I have two right, two right now I'm doing. I'm doing a Psalm 119 study on Tuesday night every other week and one on Wednesday right after the show. Uh, and if you're not on Zoom, it is super easy to get on Zoom. All you got to do is go to zoom.us, download it, and put the thingy on there, and it's a piece of cake. I mean, it really is. I can help you with it. Even even I could do that. Even I can help you with that if you're not on that. Love to have you come into the Bible study. Then you get to meet me in person. Like, you know, that would be the thrill of your life. <laughs> You'll be like, that was it? <laughs> really? Dang. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, look at the website. Randall just threw that up there. We're just going to go over this really quick because this is brand new. We are super excited. The name of our nonprofit is Heart Tug International. So you'll see up there in the upper left hand that we have Heart Tug. That is our new thing. And, and I believe if you go to hearttug.org, you can either do that or go to biblenewsradio.com. Either way, it will get you to the same place. But when you donate to us, which we love, um, you are actually donating to Heart Tug International, which is our nonprofit. Now go ahead, scroll up. <clears throat> or down. Down, whatever. I know we know how to communicate well here. Okay, so you'll see four distinct areas on our website. Bible News Radio, which is this show right here. Uh, we are broadcast one day a week now. But uh, what I can tell you is we have our audio podcast. You can click on that. You can go listen to that. I try to do a couple BNR memos during the week when I get some time. The next area is our Bible reading accountability. Uh, this is where I meet. This is a paid group, by the way. This is a group you pay to be a part of. But we do this three days a week during the week. And we uh, help each other grow and stay accountable in the Word of God. That's very early. you got to be an early bird for that one. The Bible studies is what I just talked about. We've been doing a Revelation study. And now we're also in um, Psalm 119. 
and we're going to be there for a while. So if you've never studied that psalm, you're going to fall in love with it because I will make you, just so you know. <laughs> um, and actually, I have three of those going a week. That's me. And then biblical counseling. Uh, I, you know, my background is as a marriage counselor. I have the degree. I have all the experience, but I have God's word in my heart. And I love to share the gospel and share biblical principles with the people who um, need it. And what I can tell you, honestly, is that one of the benefits to donating to our show is that the more people that we get to see and help, those people you're going to get to help because my regular fee is $75 an hour, which is actually very affordable. It should be double that. But what I will tell you is if you can't afford that and you're a donor to our show, your donation helps write that, you know, it helps balance that out for other people who can't afford that. Um, and so, and I only have limited spots on that too. So if that's something that you think you need help with, whatever it is, you know, we are going to, you know, I mean, we can't take everybody, but we can, and, and I have to be picky. I actually do have to be picky because I can't take everybody. But those people I am helping, um, hopefully, Lord willing, <laughs> they're getting helped. Um, our mission here is to help you grow in your faith, in your knowledge of scripture, and in your relationship with God. And that's actually there on the website as well. Um, and then you can see some little subtitles there that I can't read very well because I'm middle-aged and... I don't have my long distance glasses on right now and, and there's other stuff down there. Oh, if you want to keep scrolling, then you can also see, I think a picture of Randall and me together. We took that. We did not call ourselves a dynamic duo. Why would we want to do that? I mean, we are not Batman and Robin. <laughs> that picture is not the best, but whatever it is who we are. <clears throat> That's a little bit more about us. Yes. I like Rocky road that Randall wanted that in there for some reason don't ask me why I have no idea and then the most important part are the testimonials that we paid people to give to us actually if you go back you can you can yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> we didn't pay people. actually people paid us they they paid to get their testimony no, I'm just kidding <laughs> no those are actually <clears throat> some people who are involved in in some of the stuff that we do, you know, uh, we have we have a number of testimonials and we actually have more. We just need to add them up there. By the way, if you're one of those people, you'd like to, you know, testify about how God has used the show, then you can send that to me and we can throw yours up there as well. <clears throat> Only if it's nice, though. Although I should put a couple of like hate monies too. <laughs> that must be the opposite of a testimony. A hate money. Hey, we hate you because you did this, this, and this. That'd be like, yeah, I did. Got your attention, didn't I? All right. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, Maria is there too. Hello, Maria. She's actually in one of my studies. So that's cool. All right. So this morning I was reading in the Bible. And um, I wanted to share with you what I got out of the Word of God this morning because I think I think this is a story that, that people don't look at, right? Um, it's it's in Numbers chapter 17. I'm just going to read you the whole chapter. It's not long. It's only like 12 verses. Listen to this. This is, this is very cool. Or you can get your own Bible and read it. Um, it says here, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and get... From them a rod for each father's household, 12 rods from all their leaders, according to their father's households. You shall write on each name 
you shall write each name rather on his rod and write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi for there is one rod for the head of each of their father's households you shall then deposit them in the tent of meeting in front of the testimony where I meet with you. Now, first of all, I got to just tell you something. That's super cool the way God met with them back then. He actually had a tent and he actually met with them. He'd be like, hey, you want to go camping? Yeah, of course, God. We're in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere. We're just going to pitch our tent here. Will you show up? And sure enough, God shows up. Anyway. Then it says in verse 5, it will come about that the rod of the man whom I choose will sprout. Thus, I will lessen from upon myself the grumblings of the son of Israel who are grumbling against you. Moses therefore spoke to the sons of Israel and all their leaders gave him a rod apiece for each leader according to their father's households, 12 rods and the rod of Aaron among their rods. So Moses deposited the rods before the Lord in the tent of testimony. Now, keep in mind, remember, Aaron's rod was Levi's rod. Okay, don't forget that. It's easy to overlook that, but don't forget it. Now on the next day, now on the next day. Dun, dun, dun. What happened? Do we know? Well, now we're going to find out. Just like this was an episode of General Hospital. We have to tune in, right? Anyway, on the next day, Moses went into the test tent of the testimony and behold, got to throw in the word behold because it wouldn't be the Bible otherwise. Behold, uh, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds and produced blossoms and it bore ripe almonds. Moses then brought out all the rods from the presence of the Lord to all the sons of Israel and they looked and each man took his rod and they were all deflated. (laughs) That's how I picture it anyway. But the Lord said to Moses, put back the rod of Aaron before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels that you may put an end to their grumblings against me so that they will not die. Thus Moses did, just as the Lord had commanded him, so he did. Then the sons of Israel spoke to Moses, saying, Behold, we perish, we are dying, we are all dying. Everyone who comes near, who comes near to the tabernacle of the Lord must die. Are we to perish completely? Okay, so this is kind of dramatic, but, you know, I like this story. (laughs) The reason I like this story is because, to me, it's so comical. All right, picture this. You go to California and you want to go into a restaurant, but you can't get a straw because they're stupid over there. They they ban straws in restaurants unless you ask, which is really stupid. And anyway, but let's just say you get a straw, so everybody has a straw, right? And I say to everybody that's in my party at Red Robin, "Okay, everybody, give me your straws." Now, I'm going to pick a straw, and tomorrow I'm going to let you know, you know, a decision I've made based on the straw that I picked because your straw is going to bloom. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but those guys are probably like, oh, man, I hope he picks me. God, please pick me. Will you pick me? Pick me. I don't know. Or maybe they're like, no, I don't want to be picked. Are you kidding me? I don't want to be a leader. That would bite. I've got to deal with all these grumbly Jews over here. Are you serious? <laughs> no way. I'm just like, 
waiting overnight. Wonder what's happened. I mean, have have you guys ever like planted something and hoped and just watched it and you wanted to watch it grow? <sighs> you know, that's like watching water boil. It feels like it takes forever, right? The next day though, the next day, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi, it sprouted. But it didn't just sprout. You know, when I think of a sprout, I think of like this, ding, you know, like this little blade of grass. Come, Oh, there it is. It sprouted. And that's what I would look for. No, this thing not only sprouted, it, it put buds on it. And then it gave blossoms. And then it bore ripe almonds. Like they could eat the almonds off of this thing. And you think about this just for a second. When... We bear fruit as believers. We don't see the fruit that fast, do we? We don't. We see like, okay, I'm going to plant a seed and then we'll pray that God goes and uses it and grows it up and somebody else does it and they get to harvest it and all this other stuff. But here, literally overnight, God like totally does this. He takes a rod. By the way, don't forget this part. Bareface, think about this. This was not planted into the ground, you guys. This was a a piece of wood. Or it was a rod that wasn't planted in the ground. And apparently it had no evidence on it that it could it could actually sprout anything. Okay? <laughs> That'd be like go to your tree outdoors, take off a dead branch a branch on it. You're using that as a walking stick cuz you're old and you need to use it on your morning walk right? That's what we're talking about, right? And then all of a sudden, poof, there's almonds, there's there's blossoms, there's flowers there, there's buds, it sprouted, and there's almonds. There's almonds. So we actually know what kind of rods they used. They came from an almond tree. That's pretty stinking amazing. But not only that, this miracle, in my opinion, because it was a miracle, right? I haven't seen this happen anywhere else. This miracle also points to God as the creator, right? You know, there's all these arguments. If you, if you read websites and books and listen to, to people who like to think they know everything, like the atheist people, you know, they'll say, oh, well, we evolved, you know, and the earth is five good billion years old and a half centuries. And... You know, it, it can't be that young. It cannot be young. It can't be a thousand years old or six thousand, whatever. It can't be that young. It, it's super old. It's five gabillion years old. And I've just made that gabillion thing up, just so you know. But it's super old and it's evolved. Honestly, you guys, I w if our universe and the world is that old, that's sad. I mean, think about how sad that really is. If our world is that old and... Yeah, that would be really, really sad. But the thing is, is I don't think we're that old. I think when God created creation, when he made the earth and the animals and all that, I personally think that he created the earth with fully grown trees on it. And he made Adam and Eve. They were young. They were, they were, had to be childbearing age though. So they were probably teenagers at least, uh, cause they had to be fruitful and multiply, <laughs> He didn't make them from, you know, from little infancy, um, you know, and then you look at that and you're like, oh, well, you know, the creation, God made it. It was already, it, it, it was young, but it maybe appeared old. Okay. 
okay? Maybe the earth is really young, but it appeared older uh, because there was already fruit and stuff for these guys to eat. So it wasn't like God created the earth and he went, huh, you know what, Adam and Eve, you're there. You're like teenagers. You can hang out. I'm going to drop manna from heaven to feed you by hand until these apple trees or whatever that we just planted decide to bear fruit. No, I don't think so. He, he had fruit and all that stuff available for these guys to eat upon creation. I mean, that would be a poor design, don't you think? <laughs> if, if God created creation and humans and said, oh, by the way, you need to go ahead and uh, like figure it out. Boy, I'm a mean, mean, mean God. I not only made you, but now I got Now you have to figure out how to cook. You need to figure out what to eat because there's nothing here. Good luck with that. That would be awful. But that isn't God. Our God is a good God. And he is a wonderful God. And I think we see here his sense of humor. I personally see this as a funny act. Um, but I also see it as a direct connection to God as creator because he bar he he literally had a barren rod produce fruit from nothing. So there you go. There's your Bible study for the day or or encouragement or my take on it. Randall wants to say something now. I do. Yeah, you did. You put yourself on camera, so that's well just kinda of testing things, but since I'm on screen now and of course, I hear the naysayers saying, "Well, your Bible study and uh, you know fairy tales and anti-science and uh, the Earth is billions of years old." And uh, but I have to ask, okay, so there's you know the Big Bang, whatever, and things got more and more complex. You know, things exploded and everything came out of it. Uh, you know, the simple elements formed more complex elements and then eventually uh, compounds and mixtures and um, and living things and all that and they became more and more complex organisms from single-celled organisms and, and, and it evolved into us. You know, yeah us and other things and uh, for the past well, all of human history uh, recorded, uh, what we've seen is uh, things breaking down and disintegrating and, you know, second law of thermodynamics and all that stuff. It's like, so, okay, so when did things start to, instead of evolving, getting more and more complex, to start to break down? I guess after whatever gabillion years and now... Now we're in the phase of things aren't getting more complex and, you know, what sophisticated, you, but now they're just... What do you think of the the Aaron Rod story? Well, um, I think it's interesting the way, you know, it, it's recorded, so I, I believe it's, you know, an actual event. Uh, could it be allegorical? Maybe, but I why? I if all things so. to be allegorical... Why would it be allegorical? Uh, you know, but you take it in context of, you know, there was a bunch of whiners and complainers, just like human beings are. And um, and yeah. everybody, not everybody, but a few asserting themselves, well, why? Why Moses? Why Aaron? Why can't we be our own boss? Whatever. Why does there have to be, you know, a go-to person? And, you know, this we want a true democracy where... 
And um, they still complained even after that. Well, I know, but but then, <laughs> uh, you know, and so you know, it was God's way of voting. It's like okay, everybody basically cast their ballot, and uh, you know, I'll show you who I elect. And like you say, it's not just oh, this rod turned green or whatever, or or you know something uh, to have it not only sprout a piece of dead wood, uh, not only to sprout new life but blossoms and all that. It's like it's kind of like over the top. It's like I'm not just choosing this guy as the you know as the as the chief priest to as uh, yeah, it's a strong endorsement. And it had Just, to be big because they had to carve the name on it. Yeah. And then, yeah. well, walking stick or whatever. And it fit inside of the Ark of the Testimony, Ark of the Covenant, whatever. Um, so, you know, if you look at the dimensions of that, it wasn't a huge piece of wood because that was in there with the tablets as well as uh basically a jar of mana anyway but i mean it it goes you know we see even a more um overwhelming uh election in messiah and the christ you know of all the people in all the ages uh to look at the the timing of things and 300 plus prophecies uh, there's only one person it could be, and uh, he demonstrated be the Son of God. He was the number one one. Yep. All right. <clears throat> so now that all the riffraff have left, because they're like, "Ew, I don't want to watch this show," because you talked about the Bible. Let's talk about the deep thoughts from the unvaccinated. I'm going to just tell you the truth. First of all, this topic irritates me. <laughs> I am so sick of this topic. Ugh! I am very, very sick of this topic. Uh, this topic irritates me, just so you know. It, it's it's stupid uh, because there is... Uh, because in the social media world, there, there are... It's like totally... It's not balanced, but I, I have a story I'm going to share with you after we share some of these meme things um, from Twitter, right? Okay. So I saw this. The first thing I do when I get on Twitter is I go, ugh, I got to really get on Twitter. It's like eating a bad vitamin or something. Anyway, got on Twitter. I saw this, right? I saw that deep thoughts from the unvaccinated was trending. All right, so this happens to be one of the various things. So basically, the couple of weeks ago, we talked about how they're marketing this, right? What is the push to market everybody and their grandmother to get vaccinated, right? Well, here are now the memes that are going with this hashtag, deep thoughts from the unvaccinated. Did my own research. Yeah, of course, they're all in the graveyard, right? That's the implication. If you do any of this, you know, taking my chances, I trust my own immune system, it's a complex issue, who stands to gain, free thinker, at least they put that in there, so it's not completely uh, religious, but if you see the one that says the cross there with no thanks, of course, that's a slam at Christians. They developed it too fast, let's wait and see, <clears throat> my body, my choice, that's my, that's my favorite one. <laughs> 
Yes, let's let's use the pro-choice mantra there. My body, my choice. Um, not in any rush, not convinced, keeping my body pure. I like the one that says meh behind it, M-E-H, meh. Um, it's all in the, I can't read that one. It's all in the something. Something. Anyway, the point is, why are there not the same exact type propaganda comics for the vaccinated? Okay? Because a lot of people who've been vaccinated have kicked the bucket, they've killed over, they've died. Okay? Just saying. And I'm going to tell you something. There, This is so unbalanced. Okay. Are you going to throw up another one? Yeah. Oh, this one took the cake. When I saw this, I was like, I wanted to smack, you know, the get vaccinated already person. So, so if you're listening to the podcast, there's a guy laying on a ventilator and on one side and he says, why didn't God, why didn't you help me? And then it shows a picture of Jesus. Supposedly that's not Jesus, but it's supposed to be him. And Jesus is saying, I gave you a vaccine. You didn't take it. So, I mean, you talk about a slam against Christians, right? And it is Christians. It's not Muslims or anybody else. It's Christians because Jesus is clearly depicted there. The You know, the, the white European Jesus that we all know and love, right? <laughs> Did I give you another one? Or was that the only two? The only two. Okay. If you want to go see more of this propaganda, go over to Twitter. Put in the hashtag deep thoughts from the unvaccinated. But I dare you to also put in deep thoughts from the vaccinated and see if anything comes up. I should probably look and see if anything does come up because I seriously doubt anything will. Oh, actually, no, there is some stuff. Deep thoughts from the vaccinated. Get vaccinated or get COVID. Yeah. The five people from rural Oklahoma can't get hospital beds because of ivermectin overdoses. So they are waiting in line outside the hospitals in jacket in 20 in 90 degree weather okay so anyway apparently deep thoughts from the vaccinated is also mockery of the unvaccinated yeah and i was thinking about covering that story there you know with uh have a photo of the people in jackets you know they say they've been you know this is gunshot victims can't get into the hospital because the hospital's overwhelmed for people taking horse dewormer or something like that and you know and and, and then obviously not taken in august uh probably not even in oklahoma i don't know and then and then uh another uh that was in rolling stone and the uh and another outlet ran the same photo uh for a completely different story Uh, still a provac story but anyway so who who knows what the photo is from uh shouldn't surprise us that uh, you know it could be a stock photo or something or from or you know i've seen where the there's some tragic photo from some event attributed to some other cause and it's it's nothing new under the sun anyway what gets me about all this again and we've we've talked about it um ad nauseum I feel like it. We need Pepto-Bismol because I feel that nauseated. You know, um, not, you know, this isn't pro or anti-vax and not the position. What we're looking at is propaganda. Yeah. Um, You know, and this particular issue and what concerns me, as I said before, that it's not, the issue is not um, 
risk takers and safe people or smart people and dumb people. It's, it's, you know, pro-vax and religious people. That's the, it's, it's the smart scientific people or it's the religious people. You know, it doesn't matter if your, um, your hesitation are the things on those tombstones, <laughs> you know, uh, developed it too fast, whatever. Um, it's, it's being couched as you saw on that <clears throat> second one, Jesus, you know, why didn't you help me? Uh, like you say, it's not about, at least they're acknowledging Jesus exists. Yeah. Is I'll give him that one. Or at least a faith exists. Um, Christian faith exists again. They don't dare um, poke at Muslims, um, thing like that. Um, it's it's clearly the you know while there is a, a continual you know continued press to divide people along these lines, uh, the the you know the line of vax, not vax, pro vax, anti vax, uh, pro vax and pro choice. Uh, <laughs> it's this it's this religious overtone to it separated along religious lines like making it a religious issue when it when it isn't but i think that's just to well, you know create create that stigma and and progressive marginalization anyway go on yeah well you know there is there are there's another meme going around. I didn't send this to to Randall, but I'll just read read it. Think about this, okay? There's ten stages of genocide. I happen to stand behind the idea <clears throat> that the elite puppet masters behind the scenes in the world who are running the Federal Reserve and they they are controlling the world's finances. If you understand Bible prophecy, you know that the rise of the Antichrist has to take place at some point. He has to come over and take over the whole world. America is going to fall at some point. I know there's all these nationalist people, blah, blah, who think that America is never going to fall. But I hate to tell you, if you open the Bible and read it and you understand just a little bit about Bible prophecy, then you'll understand that. There's going to be a one-world government, and we are essentially in a one-world government. Um, it just so happens we're also in a war with many places in the world. Um, but here's what I think. The elite, if you want to call them that, they want to wipe out the population, a big, huge portion of the population, so that they have ultimately more control over the population that's left. So, how do they do this? Well, there's this classification system. First, they divide people into us and them. Right now, we're seeing it with the non-vaxxers versus the vaxxers. They've divided us very, very clearly. It's super easy to see that unless you're blind. Uh, you, you, know, you know that now that it was the maskers and the no-maskers. Uh, you wear a mask, you don't wear a mask. Some people think the masking was all about virtual signaling. Whatever. Oh, yes, I'm being obedient to the government. Um, I, my favorite is, is, um, is uh, well, I'll share that in just a second before I lose my train of thought. The second thing is symbolization. People are forced to identify themselves. That's already happening because there are stores and places that you go into and they're saying, are you vaccinated? Do you have a vaccination ID card that you could show us? 
Do you have a travel passport that shows that you've been vaccinated? So you're being forced to reveal your medical information to somebody, frankly, who it's none of, none of their stinking business. Third is people begin to face systematic discrimination based on what? The fact of what I just said, the, the previous thing. So just as an example, if my husband and I decide we actually ever want to go to Austra Australia, uh, Alaska, it's been a dream of mine for years to go to Alaska. We've just been too poor and haven't been able to do it. Next year is my 30th wedding anniversary. And it would be so nice to be able to just jump on an airplane, jump on a boat, go up to Alaska, enjoy Alaska when I'm in my early 50s and just, you know, do that. But you know what? If I don't get vaccinated, that ain't going to happen. I, I talked to a friend of mine last night that I've known for 20-something years. He always goes to Hawaii for his anniversary, which is this month. And he was telling me that they're probably going to cancel the trip because he's not vaccinated. And he told me that they won't let him get on the plane. Uh, in Hawaii, they have, like, totally ramped down everything over there. Uh, even if he could get there, he couldn't eat out anywhere because they're not allowing unvaccinated people. So, I mean, that's discrimination and it's systematic because it's like, hey, if you don't comply with this, then you're not going to do this. Buy, eat, sell, remember? Then they dehumanize people. People are equated with animals, vermin, or diseases. Well, people are already being dehumanized. We already know that. So that's the fourth step in the 10 stages of genocide. Then the government creates specific groups also known as the police or military, to enforce the policies. That's already going on. It's not as blatant as it will be in months coming, but it's already happening. If you look at alternative media, they are bringing people in from the police and military uh, to, you know, to make sure that you're, you're being obedient. Polarization, the government broadcasts propaganda to turn the populace against the group. I'm sorry, but who the heck owns Twitter, Facebook, all these? Yes, it's big tech, but it's backed by government. Um, if you go over to the epictimes.com, that's E-P-O-C-H, Times. If you go over there, you're going to get a completely different worldview than Twitter and Facebook and Google and, and all these guys are giving you. Um, <clears throat> and if you stop watching TV from Fox and all these other places, you're going to get a completely different picture of what's going on in Afghanistan as well as other places. Um, and then the seventh step is preparation, the official action to remove and relocate people. Now, I don't care what you think of Alex Jones over at Infowars.com as a person. What I can tell you is that Alex has been screaming this for for years. And Alex Jones, for whatever you might think of his personality, he documents everything he puts up on his page. And he was one of the very first people big tech banned. Remember that? They threw him off everything. And then who else got thrown off everything? The president of the United States, the actual legitimate president of the United States, Donald Trump. Um, Okay, so just saying they they but they will remove and relocate people and then persecution uh, happens. That's the next level beginning of murder, theft of property, trial massacres. If you want to see Christian persecution live and well, just go across the, 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 the pond. Go go to some of the countries, North Korea, 
go there, go to Nigeria, go to Eritrea, go to all these Muslim dominated countries where Christian, Muslim and communist countries, two number one persecutors of Christians in the world. Uh, you go there and then you be a Christian. Especially if you're one of these people that thinks that Christian persecution doesn't like exist and you think Christians have no rights and stuff, you, you should go over there, pretend you're a Christian and see what happens. <clears throat> the ninth step to the stages of genocide is extermination, wholesale elimination of the group. It is extermination and not murder because people are not considered human. Read the Jews. Have, you, you know about Germany, right? Nazi, and you know about how the Jews have been persecuted throughout all history. <clears throat> and then, last but not least, number 10 is denial. The government denies that it's committed any crime. Uh, they are clearly related to Hillary Clinton, just so you know. Um, <clears throat> they, they, they deny, oh, we didn't do anything. Oh, the Holocaust deniers. You ever heard of those guys? Oh, no. The Holocaust? There was no Holocaust. What are you talking about? <laughs> I want to get back, do my thing here. There was no Holocaust. What the heck is your issue? America is in the beginning stages of this, right? And this started a couple of years ago. It's actually been going on for quite a while. And I will say something, and you, you might think this is weird, but having covered the homosexual lobby for 17 years or so and looking at how they marketed homosexuality to America and literally to the world, I can tell you that they've already used the playbook by doing that. They promoted and marketed an abomination to the world that now has accepted it by and large, right? And I know it sounds horrible to say, oh, that's an abomination. That's what God calls it. Right? If you don't like what God calls it, then you don't like what God has to say. And that's not my fault. It's your fault. You'll just have to deal with it. Right? Um, because it is what it is. Now, here's the thing. Getting back to the vaccine thing. You know, it's interesting. Um, over on the Epic Times, there is a brand new article that was posted today. It's titled NIH Awards. $1.67 million grants to probe potential links between COVID-19 vaccine and menstrual changes. Okay. I, I'm sure you didn't see this anywhere on, on Google or Twitter or whatever. <clears throat> Why is this important? Because there's a lot of people who are pregnant, who've been getting vaccinated, number one. And number two, if so, and think about this. And I'm not saying this, um, oh, what's the right word I want to say? If the puppet masters are behind the vaccine, I personally believe they are, but if they are, and their goal is to wipe out the population, what better way than to disrupt a woman's menstrual cycle and her reproductive organs? Think about it. Think. I mean, I can tell you, I got a shot. It was, uh, what was the shot? Um, it was for pain. It's a steroid shot. Many years ago, I was playing, I don't even know what it was I was playing, but I was riding my bike or something, and I needed to get a steroid shot in my knee. My doctor gave me a steroid shot. I didn't know anything about steroids at the time. All I wanted was to be out of pain. That stupid steroid shot made me bleed 
for about two straight months. I mean, I had a very heavy period, made me bleed for almost two straight months. I swear I would never, ever get another steroid shot in my life because it was one of the most, most, you know, miserable experiences of my existence. And what I can tell you is that when I went to that doctor again and he's like, oh, why don't I just give you another steroid shot in your shoulder or whatever? Um, I was like, no. And he said, why not? I said, because I had my period for like two months. Do you know what it's like to have a period? He's like, no. <laughs> anyway, long, long story short, that was just a steroid. Now let's look at this. So it says here, the National Institutes of Health, NIH, on August 30th announced it has awarded one-year supplemental grants totaling $1.67 million to multiple institutions to investigate the potential links between COVID-19 vaccination and menstrual changes. The announcement comes amid increasing reports among women who claim to have experienced changes to their menstrual cycle after receiving the vaccine. These changes range from irregular or missed menstrual periods to increased bleeding, among others. In February, Kate Clancy, a medical anthropologist, shared her own experience on Twitter recounting an unusually heavy period after receiving the Moderna vaccine. The post was inundated with responses from others who shared similar accounts. The NIH's awards support research to determine whether such changes may be linked to COVID-19 vaccination itself and how long the changes last. Researchers also will seek to clarify the mechanisms underlying potential vaccine-related menstrual changes. The supplemental grants are awarded to five institutions, Boston University, Harvard Medical School, John Hopkins University, Michigan State University, and Oregon Health and Science University. The grants are funded by NIH's Eunice Kennedy Shriver National Institute of Child Health and Human Development and the NIH Office of Research on Women's Health. Researchers will utilize menstrual tracking applications as well as existing data to evaluate the potential impacts of COVID-19 vaccination on menstrual health among geographically and racially and ethnically diverse populations. One of the projects will focus specifically on adolescents. <sighs> Researchers will assess the prevalence and severity of post-vaccination changes to menstrual characteristics, including the flow, cycle length, pain, and other symptoms. These analysis will account for other factors that can affect menstruation, such as stress, medications, and exercise to determine whether the changes are attributable, attributable to vaccination. Several projects will also include people who are yet to be vaccinated, and researchers will study the mechanisms underlying the potential effects of COVID-19 vaccines before and after receiving it. So, of course, they're still going to give it to you, but we're going to look at it first, and then we'll give it to you. Um, researchers will examine immune and hormonal characteristics in blood and take tissue and saliva samples from participants before and after they are vaccinated. And NIH noted that multiple factors can cause temporary changes in the menstrual cycle, such as pandemic-related stress, lifestyle changes related to the pandemic, and infection with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. They also noted that immune responses to any of the COVID-19 vaccines could affect the interplay between immune cells and signals in the uterus, leading to temporary changes in the menstrual cycle. Don't you guys find this interesting? Bareface, don't you kind of think this is interesting? 
That of all the things that that they're doing now, just, this research on study, it, not it, it not just happens uh, to be the reproductive issue. Yeah, I, more than interesting, and um, yeah, and they're interested, and it sounds like oh, things are changing. We're concerned, and that may be, and probably the vast majority who aren't part of the you know the puppet masters are thinking that they're doing research to help but in essence it's probably they're gathering data on how effective it is at you know creating sterilization really and um and ultimately you know controlling you know, the size of the population decreasing size of population now you are well, a conspiracy theorist. Well, the NIH would never fund, you know, the National Institutes of Health would never fund anything nefarious, you know, they wouldn't do that, right? Um, but we can look back. This is the NIH site. This isn't conspiracy.com. This is US Department of Health and Human Services, nih.gov, and the full path here i should have prepared it about dash nih who we are nih director statements nih anyway this article uh dated december 19th 2017 not not yesterday not last year not two years ago almost four years ago nih lists funding pause on gain of function research and I'll just read the first paragraph that'll give you an idea. Today, the National Institutes of Health announced that it is lifting a funding pause dating back to October 2014 on gain-of-function experiments involving influenza, SARS, and MERS viruses. Gain-of-research Grain of function research is important to helping us identify, understand, and develop strategies and effective countermeasures against rapidly evolving pathogens that pose a threat to public health. The funding was funding was lifted in response to today's release of the Department of Health and Human Services framework for guiding funding decisions about proposed research involving enhanced potential pandemic pathogens involving enhanced potential. Um, so what gain-of-function research is all about is basically um, is lab-created lab lab viruses you know, that have become super viruses through DNA manipulation. And, and so the premise back in uh, December uh, 2017 for lifting the pause on funding was hey there's nefarious agencies out there that could weaponize influenza or SARS or MERS viruses and so to get an upper hand defense of this we're going to do our own gain of a research function and enhance these viruses so they uh, in fact <laughs> they're more easily transmittable and um, and you know do more damage the uh, and and so yeah it, it's not like again not conspiracy.com or you know uh tinfoil hats united or whatever this the, the nih site they've been doing this and and i would love to play that exchange between uh senator Rand paul and dr anthony fauci that took place um a few months ago okay 
uh, can I do that? Yeah. I mean, it's seven minutes. It'll take us to the end of the hour. That's cool. Um, but before you read that, can I just make one other comment before I forget it? Sure. There are a few of my friends on Facebook who are, who are posting the following. Wearing a mask is a voluntary and simple act of kindness and love for your fellow man. These are Christian friends of mine doing this, okay? So think about it. Think about the framing of that and the misuse of the Christianity there. Um, because not wearing a mask could also be a voluntary and simple act of kindness right. and love for your fellow man. Um, but it's being twisted. You're being, if, if you're not, if you're not jumping onto mainstream media and the, the quote, so-called science out there that's saying blah, 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 you're being smacked, vilified, and just the propaganda is there anyway. So yeah, let's go ahead and watch this. Gonna put my headset on so I can hear it. All right, and uh, and hopefully, yeah, it's unmuted. So here we go. We don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina, not You don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That you is would not... You would be in the minority because... At least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant, 
and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, do Virology Institute. you support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said, nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You do support it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he didn't deny that it's going on 11 research centers in the U.S. It can't deny that uh, the NIH did fund uh, gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab through a subsidiary called Echo Health. That's even on the NIH site. I looked at that earlier. Um, 
all we can say is, you know, in response to, you know, gain to function, you know, advocates like yourself is categorically the NIH does not fund <laughs> gain of function research in the Wuhan Biology Institute. But, you know, it's it's going on in the US. Creating super you know, super viruses, basically. And if you don't believe this, go to Amazon, type in Dr. Fauci, and look at the books that come up for children about him. Do it. Do it, like, right now. All right, we got to end this episode. But don't forget, um, you know, I got... I, I can take that off now. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to hear myself in the headset. But anyway, um, yeah, don't forget, go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. If you like what we do and you want to support the show, go go ahead and give a donation to Heart Tug International. That will help us out greatly and help us expand the show. I actually just looked on my Facebook page. Facebook let two people in my Bible News Radio Facebook feed see my show. Two so, yeah, we're being banned. Um, but that's all right. We're used to it. <laughs> we're not that important, are we? Anyway, just go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. Remember, our goal here is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time, uh, which is why we spend time with the Word of God and then look at the liberal media and, you know, the enemy report and what they're doing. Uh, good news is God is on the throne as Dr. J. Vernon McGee used to say, prayer changes things. But also, reading the Word of God will change you. And so help us get, help us do that with more people. All right. So we'll be back in a few minutes with hour two. We're going to talk about some gay agenda stuff, what's going on in California, and some other stuff that you probably have not heard about. Because if you're watching liberal media, they're not telling you. But there is some good news out there. So we'll see you in a few minutes. Uh, can you stall just like for 30 seconds more? I am going to stall. <laughs> okay, I was telling Randall before the show, my hair is white. It's not gray. See? Now, look, if you look at my shirt, there's gray. My hair is white, people. It's closer to white than it is gray. And I know there's some women out there who are like, no, I can't have this. Whatever. Anyway, this is <laughs> not that you care, but just saying. And I am hungry, and I'm thinking, why did I decide to do my show from 11 to 1? Now it's like noon. I'm actually hungry. I want to eat something. But I got another show to do in a few minutes. I think, are you ready? Yes, thanks. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll see. We'll see you in a few minutes.